Welcome to the Dementia Caregiver Talk Show, a podcast to help you navigate the senior care maze. Learn and laugh with us as we discuss creative solutions and ideas to common and uncommon dementia care challenges and how to make sense of the senior care industry and options even if you're not a professional. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. My name is Valerie and I'm here with Tifa Snow, Dorothy Colby, and Joanne Westbrook. And we have a very interesting topic today and it's how to provide support when physical resistance presents. That's the yeah. topic, isn't it? <laughs> and unfortunately, right now in our culture, it's actually a very common event that people experience and so they think that's normal rather than there's something wrong. And people start to expect people to strike out. And that, that really is the issue because what people are signaling is, I either don't understand what you want me to do and what you're doing. I don't like what you want me to do and what you're doing. I, don't, I, I am not gonna do what you want me to do and you're doing. But what they're trying to do is communicate. And so, how did it get to a place where they got physical? And the answer is we missed our cues earlier on because people don't just suddenly start getting physically resistive. Um, typically there's been a lead up to that. And, and it also means we're probably too close, we're going too fast, or we're trying to be too much in control and we let our agenda lead rather than the relationship develop. You know, um, Tipa, one of the things that I have experienced uh, recently within my own family, um, when somebody comes down to visit for the first time and they're not understanding what's going on, and the first thing they wanted to do was run up and grab, you know, my sister and give her this yeah. hug, and she was like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. the first yeah. resistance was because she came at her. <laughs> yeah. And people miss that they're the ones that precipitate or start the whole thing because they're trying to make a connection. And what they're missing is they may be wanting a connection, but the other person may not pick up on the cue or may not recognize them or may not accept the relationship at the level the other individual wants it at. So <clears throat> it's often a case of degree of intimacy. So we, you know, we use the idea of, hey, it's TIPA and putting your hand up near your face and offering your hand in a handshake or at least opening your arms outward and turning a little sideways. So it's an offer of a relationship, not a demand for one. And I think that's the biggest mistake is people don't give individuals living with dementia a chance to figure out what's going on before they keep going. And ultimately, the person's uh, primitive brain starts getting really concerned about this level of getting in my space and doing things and saying things and I can't listen to you and, and respond to you while you're doing all that. And so it would be like if, for instance, Dorothy's here, I'll, I'll try it with her. So Dorothy, what are we going to do today? What would you like to do? Because I came down to see you particularly. Oh, look at your hair. Oh, well, well, you got something well, in your hair, Dorothy. Here, yeah. let me. <laughs> so now people are going to say, uh, yeah, yeah, that's happened. And, and, and somebody tried to like smack me and it's like, well, Dorothy was showing me with her words even that that was too much. 
And then her hands came up to her head. You couldn't see it, but her hands came up to her head to say, whoa, 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 whoa. And I ignored that and I kept trying to work my way around it. Um, so a much better strategy is, hey, Dorothy. Hey, hey. 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 Oh, and I motion and I go, oh, and then I motion on my own hair and I say, and I point to her and I say, you, you got something? Yeah, something. Hey, here, Matt. Yeah. And then yeah. what I do is I put my hand out, but I let her lean to me. I So I know that she got the cue and she's okay with it. Yeah. Oh, did I get it? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Good job. You did it. Nice work. You're welcome. Now, if we do it that way, we get a thank you rather than a smack because the person was able to get what I did. And even though I didn't have all the skills of hand in her hand or something special, I paused and I waited and I made sure it was a partnership, not a caregiving or a loving, because you may not know that we deserve to love each other. So it, it's a tricky thing. And, and people get really frustrated when the person doesn't react the way they expect and and yet it's like okay well they're not reacting how you expect it let's pause here and figure out what might be driving that yeah i think they come in with their own agenda and they forget mm -hmm. that that person is not the same the way they don't behave the same way they used to and that's kind of they've lost that connection and she's got to reconnect with that yeah 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 so I like, yeah, what you said is like, go slow and give visual cues and then, yeah, see and read the other person, their, their response before you just go and do something. Yeah, so for every cue I give, there should be a response or a reaction. And I'm not really allowed to move forward until I figure out what that means. So I should be evaluating what's happening. And if I focus on paying attention to the other person, it can actually slow me down because I'm not so invested in getting something done. I start being curious about, did they get my cue? Oh, I think maybe they did. And the reason I hesitated there is I want people to start to appreciate how hard it is to hold time for someone and yet how important it is to be willing to give them some time in the right places and spaces. So if I give you a visual cue, your brain has to see what I did, figure out what I did, understand what I did and how it relates to what they're doing, take that and transfer it over either to a verbal statement or a physical movement and do something back or say something back. So in that sequence, there's a lot of synaptic phenomena or, or connections that have to happen. And because of the damage in the brain, it, it, it could take a while or they could miss a connection. It's really important that I pay attention if they're missing connection or it's just taking a while because then just simply slowing down is the answer. But if they're missing connections, slowing down isn't gonna do it. You can slow down, but you're gonna have to do something else too, which means, okay, that cue didn't get there. 
Um, let me think, what's another cue or do they need it a second time with more emphasis? Or do I need to go get an object to help them get it? Or do I need to step back so they can actually see what I'm trying to do? Or, you know, do, should I do it beside them rather than do it to them? Should I try to take my sweater off rather than trying to get their sweater off as the first cue to help them understand what I'm trying to do is, is get them out of that sweater and into another sweater. And so if I do it on myself, and, and I, I do this and then Dorothy goes, no, no, I, I don't want it. I don't want to do that. Then I know the problem wasn't that she didn't get what I said and wanted. It's that she didn't want to do what I said. And one thing I found kind of helpful for myself and also with well, family care partners and professionals too, is to, to make a little practice time for connecting that way. Even if it's social chit chat, but Practice slowing yourself down and waiting without having that agenda because it's hard to get, even if you put that agenda in your back pocket, it's still scratching at your brain. Like, okay, well, how am I going to get through this before I can get to my, I get that brief off yeah. people. So just try that without the agenda at all to practice that mm -hmm. skill. And then for professional care partners, you have so many different people, so many different gems. Everybody's rhythm and response time is different. So um, I'm like a home care partner where you have one person you get to practice yeah. over and over. It, it takes more work for um, and time uh, commitment for a, a professional care partner to really get to know the rhythm of each person's response rate because yeah. they're all different. They are, and I can be different morning to night. Yes. So, you know, that, that really rehearsing mm -hmm. that idea mm -hmm. of, huh, mm -hmm. and does this person do better with... Oh, right. Or oh, even the most simple, the, the one that we learned first in PAC, which is, I'm Dorothy and you are just, wait, tired. <laughs> Me too. It's been out. It was one of my very favorite interactions I ever had was I did that with somebody and the lady said tired. And it was like, oh, wait, that was important information. Yeah, it was important information. She would be resistive <laughs> if I didn't then go, oh, tired want to go to bed and she went yeah and she immediately was willing to get up with me and the reason I'd gone over to her is somebody had said she's we can't get her out of the chair and it was like oh well that's because she thinks she wanted to go do something and so what I had to do is help her see that I was going to help her meet her need which is she was tired the only reason we we're getting up is so she could go to bed and then she just came right up out of the chair because she got it so, you know, people say physical resistance, and I think what happens is we view that as a consequence of dementia rather than a consequence of what we do combined with dementia. Um, and to own it means I have to look a lot in the mirror at myself and realize I might be causing somebody to feel out of control, to feel like they don't want me. And it feels like rejection. And that's very real. I mean, it does feel like I've been rejected. And it's important to realize, did you have an agenda? Maybe it was the agenda that was being rejected. So she didn't want a hug. It's maybe not that she doesn't want me at all, but she didn't want that physical intensity of a hug. Maybe she wanted just to see that I was an okay person before we got there. Um, and so with the example of somebody from out of town, one of the things I recommend is, maybe practicing how you're going to connect with me 
before you do it with my mom or before you do it with my sister so that I can see what you think you're going to do. And we can go, oh, tell you what, here's what I want you to try this time. If you would, I want you just to try it because it seems like it's better for her. Um, it's a lot better for her. And I know it's going to be hard. And then what I'll often do if their person is a hugger is give them a really big hug before they go greet the person so they get their needs met <laughs> before they're trying to greet somebody who can't tolerate that level of need. Right. That's really smart. I like, I love the idea of practicing because it, it's really, and you said it's a lot about becoming a detective. Yeah. Observing and then maybe trying things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, it's with Tifa. You've always taught everyone to use more visuals, and depending on the level where they are, I think if they're not comprehending the words that you're giving to them, then the visuals to me would make more sense of communicating that way. Yeah, and it's a fairly you know it's sort of the idea of uh, a visual comes in lots of lots of ways. I could show you a picture, I could show you an object, I could take the object and use the object with myself as I would want you to use it and then orient it and move it toward you so that your brain understands, okay, I did what I want you to do with the thing that I just handed you. Um, but then I might also try hand under hand, offer my hand and then with the object in the hand, or I might offer either or by presenting two objects or I could bring a bingo chip or a bingo card to say where it is or what it is we're going to go do so the person has an awareness when I come in what is it I'm asking for what is it I'm looking for and that's why we always encourage people to put your hand up and then out so that people know what you're looking for is physical touch and if you don't do a touch that's familiar or they don't respond to a touch that's pretty familiar, like a handshake, it's very unlikely they're going to be really excited about a more intimate touch, like wiping someone's face or washing someone's body or trying to get someone's clothes off or trying to put a spoon in someone's mouth. And I think if our brain would just go, okay, let's think about this before we started doing something, um, and I always encourage people to be in the other seat. So tell you what, you sit down and let me approach you and let me do what you're doing, even without visual limitations, but just let me do what I saw and heard you do and tell me how you're feeling. Because I think sometimes switching places is an incredibly powerful thing to do to help people realize sometimes it's about dementia, but sometimes it's just about the interaction and how we're doing the interaction. And so let's try it from the other side and see if your reaction, what do you think? And it's like, oh, well, you were way close. And it's like, well, I have to be in order to support you. And it's like, I don't care. You were just way close. And so the idea that we think we're being helpful and the other person thinks it's too intense until you are on both sides of that. And that's why we call it your partnering until you are willing to take the other person's position. Sometimes you can really misinterpret a sensory experience because it's you're only seeing your half of it and feeling your half of it. that's another great tip having somebody 
to it to you to really experience it yourself because I think that that can be entirely different just sitting on the other side and it allows you to see things from a different perspective and feel them from a different perspective um and you know that's and so I think when we talk about you know people being resistive and resisting us and striking out at us um I think we we love to have that idea that it's them, not us. And I, I just really would love for us to finally get to a place in our culture of dementia care that we say, you know, when we experience physical resistance, boy, did we step over a boundary marker that somebody felt was totally not okay. And so we are not allowed to do that until we figure out what triggered it the first time. Because until we figure that out, all we're going to do is reinforce the very thing we don't want to see. And it's like, okay, well, if they're resisting, giving them more opportunities to resist builds a memory, a motor memory that every time somebody does this, this is what I got to do to protect myself. And pretty soon it's what they do when anybody does anything because their brains are not able to separate an okay thing from a not okay thing. Um, so what was just about bathing could start to be about eating and moving and, and everything. And it's just like, well, it all started with a misinterpretation, but we reinforced it. It's hard to, for the care partner, of course, for the person with dementia, that's all you can focus on, to hit me. Yeah. And you can't get past the smack. So to be able to step back and, and, and walk yourself back like, oh, okay, what happened right before that? What happened right before that? What how did my right face get that? that close? What did I say? You know, yeah. How did she, how did she get that? Boy, I didn't expect her to be that quick. But I sort of knew she wasn't going to like it. But I thought I, and let's finish the sentence, I thought I could get away with it. I mean, and that's often what we don't want to say out loud is, I thought I could, I thought I could I get it. Quick. I just thought I'd get in there and get it done. And it's like, yeah, and she caught you, didn't she? And it's like, yeah, you didn't like the result. She didn't either, actually. So, you know, it's that um, being willing to step back. I can remember Miss Jackson was mine where she hit me with her Bible. Um, because I surprised her, and she did. <laughs> no, I was emblazoned with raised welts, the Holy Bible in reverse. <laughs> and uh, what was really important was that I had been insolent to her, and I didn't intend it to be that way, but she wasn't making sense, and I was very young, and I was very impulsive, and I thought I knew what I was doing, and I got right in her face, and I told her that I, we weren't going to do that. She was going to get cleaned up, and then we would do, and she showed me that I was quite mistaken, that we weren't doing it my way, and um, at the time, you know, I just went and got somebody to give her medication because I was, you know, I was very young. I was 18 years old, and I didn't know any better. Um, it took me two weeks to realize what had actually happened. And what had happened was that she thought I was going to help her because I typically helped her. And instead, when she really needed help, because she had an, in, uh, she had actually what she ended up having is um, shingles. But I didn't know it because why she was just so not herself. And so I was trying to help get her cared for. And I was so focused on the cared for, and I thought she wasn't making any sense. What she was asking me to do, can you carry me to see Mr. Dukes? And I just said, well, we can't do that right now. We got to get you cleaned up. No, I need to go see Mr. Dukes. Carry me to see Mr. Dukes. And this was in North Carolina. And what that means and what it meant, and I, 
it took me two weeks to interpret her language, was, I feel sick. We're in a little town north of Durham, North Carolina. When people up here get real sick, they go down to Duke University Medical Center. Will you take me in your car to get looked at because I think I'm sick? But I had no idea that's what she was talking about. I, you know, I, it was just quote unquote crazy talk because back then we didn't really get it. And it took me two weeks to get it. And then I felt real bad because what she was doing was trying to tell me what was wrong. And I just simply didn't have the skill to understand what she was saying. You know, a lot of times too, Tipa, <clears throat> you know how you can walk into a room and you can tell if somebody likes that person or doesn't <laughs> like that person because the emotional piece is hell, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, my rule is um, I usually ask people, tell me one thing you still like about the person you're supporting and caring for, because if you can't, somebody needs to take a break because it won't go well if you can't find something you still like about each other. Um, and there's some research and it was interesting. I was just at a workshop, I think in South Dakota, where a woman counselor, a well-known counselor out of uh, California, um, cited research that said within seven seconds when you see someone, you know whether you think you like them or not. So you got seven seconds to make a good impression. And if my first impression is, oh my heavens, what has she done now? It'll show, um, because what I'm showing you is I don't like, and the problem is I don't like what you did, but it looks like I don't like you. And so if I look at you like I don't like you, why should you look at me like, oh, wow, great. I can't hardly wait to be with you. And so I think um, really getting ourselves also another practice sometimes is looking in the mirror. And how do you make yourself look pleasant, not <laughs> grinning like I'm going to do something you don't like, but pleasant. How do I look neutral? How do I look positive, excited? How do I sound when I'm there? How do I, how does my rhythm voice sound. Um, so all the things we can do to prepare ourselves and respond. So if Dorothy is not happy and she goes, you stop it or I'm going to smack you. So if she does that, I don't know if Dorothy can yeah. be, go ahead. You're going to smack me. I'm going to, you're going to smack me. upside the head. Right upside the head. You don't like that. I don't like yeah. And that's called responsive language. So I took what she gave me and I didn't try it. Now, Dorothy, that's not me like that. If I do that, the very next thing Dorothy's going to do is smack me because I won't, and finish it off, I won't listen to her. Yeah. And so she's got to hit me because I'm not listening. It's sort of like, and in some ways, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, I sort of asked for it because I wouldn't listen to her. And instead of, I, I listened to you, I got your message, you're not liking it. And then Dorothy's like, well, yeah, yeah. you got it. <laughs> and the energy comes down, and then we can figure out you're not liking it. Yeah. Dorothy, look, feel, feel on your cheek right here. You got, you got something. Here, yeah. here, try that, try that. There you, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, feel that. Is yeah. that better? Yeah. Yeah, here, right now you right, do it. Yeah, right, right, right there, you right got there. it. Yeah, ow, huh? that. In the back. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, you got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. And so then, then it became something even more different, and that's called positive affirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That rhythm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a cheerleader, uh, but, a, but a really informed cheerleader, not, not just rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, but somebody who gets 
what the person's trying to do and affirms them. Those are some great actionable tips. And on that note, you're going to have a live webinar on that topic, right? We are, and we're recording it. So if you can't come to the live webinar, you'll have a chance to watch it, listen to it later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's on what? July? Uh, uh, July 23rd. It's, I think, 4 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for those that do join your life, they get to ask you questions too, right? Yes. Nice. We do it on Zoom so people can participate. And I'll have somebody with me that day that will be able to demonstrate some things visually. Um, and we'll also have some video clips of some events that are challenging that where somebody offered physical resistance um, to sort of give us some live things to work from and some resolution and some challenges because we aren't approaching people often just because we're approaching people in, in an effort to provide what we believe is much needed care. The real question is, do we need to do it right in that moment? Is it a crisis? Are they in danger or is it just our preferred time for getting it done? And that's part of what we'll be talking about as well is, you know, let's look at the gem state. Let's look at our ability. Let's look at the situation and let's make an informed choice rather than a quick impulsive decision, quote unquote, um, that leads us into the person resisting us. And for our listeners, if you want to join that webinar, if you go to our website, www.com, tipasnow.com you can register for the webinar right there and i will also put the link into the show notes of this podcast episode you can find it there easily and should you be listening to this episode after july 23rd and think oh no i really wish i wouldn't have missed it no worries you're going to be able to access it the recording afterward even at a later time so thank you so much, Tipa and Dorothy and Joanne. I, I really appreciate it. I think our listeners got a lot of great takeaways on this one. Thank you for doing it. And see you later. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.